As promised, in the first five minutes, we're going to give you something that you can use right now. And today's topic is Passy Shapes Matter. In the 29 plus years that we've been pediatric nurses, we have seen all kinds of passy shapes come and go. And with our experience, there is a certain shape that works the best. So you don't have to give your kid a pacifier, but if you want to, and you're out there saying, but they don't like it, I can't get them to take one, it may be because of that shape. So once you get the right shape, that nice big bulb that's harder to spit out because that defeats the purpose of it, you have to hold it in there. How do I get them to take it, Laura? So a lot of times what you can do is kind of push that passy in and out just a little bit, tilt it towards the roof of their mouth. But the best tip is to use your fingernail to tap the plastic part of that passy. So that harder plastic piece at the very back of that passy. If That's you'll on tap the outside it, of their mouth? Of the, of the outside of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Tap it with your fingernail and almost create a vibration. And a lot of times they'll start to suck just like that. We have some great passy information out on our Instagram, some videos, some stories. Go check those out because it will really be a game changer for you if you can get them to take that passy, strengthen their muscles for both breast and bottle feeding, and help them to just suck to soothe here and there. It helps everybody if you want to do it. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Okay, Laura, today we are going to talk about what parents all over really, really want to know. Is there or is there not really a Sasquatch? It's a Sasquatch episode. (laughs) You've been waiting for it. (laughs) That is it. That's yeah, that is fantastic. And you know what that is? What? It's a myth. We have, okay, outside of where we live up towards the mountains, we have a Sasquatch museum and it's very convincing. I'm just so there's saying. pictures. There's... Well, no, you can put these earphones on and they're like, this is when we heard, you know, noises that were weird. And you really, you're listening to, you put them in, first of all. So there's this hopefulness that like they've really captured it. And I am here getting the real story. So, you know, maybe I need to backtrack a little bit. Maybe. Just maybe that isn't a myth. <laughs> Wait till I take you to the museum. Then okay. we'll, we'll, we'll come then back we'll around decide. in another okay. podcast and be like, yeah, we went and um, got the bumper sticker. <laughs> but yet there's always a little truth in that. And it's because of what somebody else said. You're going to put on the earphones and listen because you think you have some kind of inside story. So that happens even with moms on call. Oh my gosh, with Moms on Call, it happens all the time. I'll come across what people perceive Moms on Call to be Mm -hmm. or what Moms on Call isn't. And so just really trying to to bust through and kind of debunk some of those myths that we just come across all the time when we're dealing with 
as many families as we deal with. It's such a privilege to have an opportunity in this podcast to debunk some of the moms on call myths. All right. So this one, I mean, absolutely. We hear this one all the time. It's Mm -hmm. all over on, you know, reviews, comments, social media, in our emails. Like Olivia, who we adore. Oh, she is the best. If you get an email, if you email Moms on Call and you have some kind of email back, where do I find this? How do I get access to that? Can you hope? Olivia is literally the angel on the other side of that keyboard, just doing a good, good work. She is the myth debunker. Yes, and I think is. that needs to be her new title. So, <laughs> so all right. So this one, Mom's on Call, is a strict schedule, and you can never, ever leave your house again. <laughs> We're not COVID. <laughs> this is over clear. We want to get that out right from the get-go. No, we want you to get out of your house. Oh, I, so, you know, you were my mom on call. We had twins a year apart and we talked to each other every day. So, so much of this was born out of that. And I will never forget forever and ever. It is your voice going, you have a right hand line and a left hand line. And we're just going somewhere in between. We're right in the middle. Having predictability is, um, you know, and a routine actually helps you to know when you can get out of the house. We do. We actually wrote it into the um, the scheduler app. If right. you go into some of those little arrows there in the schedule, we're like, this is a great time to go get the the groceries. groceries. This is a great because, time to get out of the house. <laughs> well, you know, we had older kids, too, you know, and, and even though a lot of our kids were pre-moms on call, except for little Handsome, he was, you know, right in the middle of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of our kids were pre-moms on call, but we still had to have a routine in order to function. We had older kids. Mm -hmm. Um, that we had to try and navigate. There was no such thing as getting on the computer and having your your groceries delivered to the store. I had to take all five children (laughs) to the grocery store. Right. And it never failed that someone would stop and they would be like, are all of these yours? Mm, or you have your hands full. Did you hear that? Oh, One oh time, my gosh. I literally went. So I took my grandfather. My grandmother was getting um, cancer treatments, and I, we took her to all her appointments. And I took my grandpa, my five-year-old, and my twin two-year-olds. And we dropped her off. And then I'd, like, go get him coffee. And so we're going in this get, Dunkin' wait, Donuts. Wait, wait, Get them coffee? Like the kids? No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, your kids have some coffee. We're going to take you into a doctor's Don't office do after that. you slurp this down. <laughs> so, no, I would I would get some for him and for her so when she would be done. So, I literally, I have a stroller. I have my grandfather. I have a five-year-old. I have, like, one twin on my head. The other one's in a double stroller. I'm opening the door. And people look at me and they go, mm, you sure do have your hands full. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Think you could open the door? The door? <laughs> I'd always go, full of God's blessings. Mm, mm. You yeah, well, a lot. I mean, it, you know, mine was always, you know, oh, you know, are these all your kids? And, I, I, and I'm and i looking at them and, and and I know that I don't, I never, I don't think I ever said this out loud. Uh-oh. But I, I might have. But I might have. What was it? Was, no, they're not all mine. I just drop, you know, ride through the neighborhood, picking up random kids <laughs> because this is so much fun. 
you know. <laughs> Don't say that. People will be like, where can I sign up, lady? That's right. Hello. This is awesome. So, you know, but I had to have some sort of predictability so that I could know, okay, you know what? I can get everybody in the car. We can go run up to the grocery store in the mornings and get back and at least try to have one decent nap during the day so that I could have an hour to get the other 15 things done that needed to get done. And so, you know, the mom's on call routine, we made it as like, like you said, that right hand line and that left hand line. If we'll stay in the middle, we'll be okay. We even have crazy day tips built in. There is a button, an actual button you can (laughs) press because I need a button. (laughs) Yes. In the scheduler app, like things are just going off the rails. You can press an actual button. Like, what? what is the minimum I can do to get the maximum amount of sleep today? Um, so, yeah, we put a button track. in there. Yes, and and look, the routine is for everybody. It's just, it is for anybody who wants it. And, um, you know, that's that's all. That's all we made it for. All you can get is. out of the house. We are not COVID. That's right. And it's, you know, it's meant to give you that, like we said earlier, a little bit of freedom. And and I often say, you know, you have that 15-minute grace period on either side of the times lifted, listed. Or we have families who will shift the routine. Yeah, by half an hour. Mm-hmm. Or 30 minutes later, just because that's what works in their house. And um, you know, But we have to tell the story about the cul-de-sac. So that is okay. You got to (laughs) listen. So we have some really great friends here in the Atlanta area and they do incredible things. And one of our friends was saying that they're shout out to to the Wardells. I mean, yes, Corey and Jess. Oh, my gosh. The best family in the whole world. <laughs> so their whole cul-de-sac apparently does moms on call. And so it gets to be like <laughs> seven o'clock and they're like, time to go. Time to get all that all night sleep. Like they're just high-fiving each other, leaving the cul-de-sac. Like everybody's like, on, it just cracked me up, right? They scatter. She said, we all just oh. get like, yeah, we're out of here, you know, yeah. but then they'll meet back up in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> right. Kids all went to bed. And That's now... It. We're going to have adult time. It's party time. So, you know, no, don't allow moms on call to be so strict that that you can't leave your house. Allow moms on call to to give Give you you some of that routine and give you that freedom. All right. The next one. You ready? I'm ready. This one's always tough. Okay. This one's always tough. It's a little more, you know. But if you're nursing... So the myth is if you're nursing, you cannot use mom's on call or any routine at all. Mm. I mean, so that just goes against all of our experience. And we have literally partnered with thousands. I don't know two other people that have had more experience just partnering with families, boots on the ground, in their household, observing schedules, you know, partnering with them. So I would just say it's just our personal experience that begs to differ on that. Actually, what we've noticed is that it extends out those parents who have chosen to breastfeed. And we've always said, like, we're going to tell you what the options are, but you're the parent and you choose. We believe in parents. So what is it that you want to put in your household? And we will do everything we can to make that work and get the best results we can. And we've both um, nursed some of our kids. I mean, we've breastfed, we've done bottles, we've done Mm -hmm. a little bit of both. and, And you know what? Every single one in my house was on a routine, whether they were breastfed or mm-hmm. bottle fed. Mm-hmm. And all of them were sleeping through the night for yeah. the most part yes. by 12 weeks of age. 
All kinds of people like to breastfeed. Type A people like to breastfeed <laughs> and they like to be on routines. We can't leave them out. That's right. We can't leave <laughs> them out. It's for all and the we, people. And we want to support them right where they are. And uh, yeah. so, no, if you're nursing and, you know, you absolutely can be on the mom's on call routine. And, you know, that's always great when you can have a consultant to kind of walk things out with you as well. Yes. Because, you yes. know, we do want to ensure that baby is healthy. That supply is good. And, you know, when you're type A, you can't tell how much they're getting when you're nursing. So it's, it can be a little frustrating, right? You know? Yes, yes. And, and so having somebody to kind of walk that out with you, uh, ensuring that we're, we're keeping supply going and, you know, and making adjustments where we need to. But um, And knowing the best times to pump, that I never oh. enjoyed that. And just so you know, like you, the pump does not get out as much as the baby. The baby is more efficient than the pump. And to have somebody that tells you these things and that is, you know, somebody in your corner and that just lifts you up and helps you to be able to make it through some of the really challenging parts of whatever way you choose to feed. There's challenging parts to all of it. Oh my so goodness. what we wanted to do was support parents and the ones that would wanted to have some type of routine that we'd be able to provide that in a really safe way and encouraging way. So the next thing, Jennifer, the next myth that we mm. are going to debunk is um, probably one that, eh, I've seen a few times and it and I just I don't like it because I just don't I don't think it portrays mom's on call correctly. Accurately. Get yes. it off your chest. All right. You ready? <laughs> yeah. So mom's on call believes that baby should sleep through the night at two weeks of age. I think maybe that got formulated because so babies lose weight in the first week of life and they should regain it by the time they're two weeks of age. So we say once they've regained their birth weight, then we can move on to the you know routine and start to do a little bit more of the feeding on demand at night. Right. And I, and I do. I think that's probably where some of that miscommunication, they just maybe misread or misheard yeah. from all the, the ways that they can hear things. Um, but we do. We're very, very specific. We mm -hmm. say, you know, the first couple of weeks, hey, you're just learning to dance. It's going to be all over the place. Just keep everybody alive. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Grace. Grace for everybody. Grace, this grace. kid's learning how to be in this outside world. And you're learning. Like, all the parts are learning how to work together. And then once they're two weeks of age, they're healthy, mm -hmm. they're past mm -hmm. their birth weight, then we can begin to create some really good habits. So starting that routine during the day. And we talk about allowing them to feed on demand at night, which mm -hmm. means they will wake and eat when they're ready, which for some, that still may be every three hours for a few more weeks through the night. For yeah. some, it may be, you know, every four or five hours. All we're saying is, hey, let's let them decide when they want to eat at night. But we do not. And, and we did. We put that. Yeah. Nowhere in our resources do we say that your baby should sleep through the night at two weeks of age. No. And we did put also in the app, we, oh. after, th after three months, it won't wake you up in the middle of the night. Like we said, Yay. if your baby's not waking you up, our app's not going to wake you up by setting the alarm. Like our app says, <laughs> has some alarms you can set on it. Right. Don't um, set the alarm. it's three months of age. Yeah. At three months of age, then we see a really extraordinary amount 
of moms on call clients that are sleeping through the night. And by that, we mean nine to 12 hours in a row. Breast and bottle fed. This is just what we have seen over and over and over and over again. But those are, you know, the guidelines, not two weeks. Right. And three months. Or and we age. See it's never this. too late. You have a toddler that's not sleeping. Hop on. We'll give you the guidelines that help us to be able to see those results. That's right. And, you know, and and we want you guys to know that because maybe you're listening and you have a 10 month old that you're still nursing and waking up and eating two, three times a night. If that's working for you, that's your normal. That's OK. We don't. We never want You can keep any- that as long as you want to. Yes. That's right. We're just talking about moms on call, families that are doing moms on call. This is what we typically see, that no babies yeah. are not sleeping consistently through the night at two weeks of age. They're consistently sleeping through the night, somewhere between that 10 and 12 week mark, give or take a little bit. Yeah. All right. So this one is so, this one's pretty fun. All right. Oh, good. And I laugh every single time I <laughs> see all, this There's one. a good part to all of them. I love that people are discussing these things and they're yes. figuring it out and parents want to know and that we can be friendly to all yes, the people. We can. No matter how Even, you want to do it. That's right. And that's that's just it. And it's perfectly fine to choose the way that works in your house for your family yes. in the season of life that you're in. The right way is the way that you choose. And you will hear us say that over and over and over again. Mom's on call is not the only way. It's not the right way. Um, And, you know, you choose what works in your house. Yes. We we are farm believers. Best decision? Is the one you make. So, all right. (laughs) So, this last one. Mom's on call is a miracle book. Like, y'all came and waved some juju and sprinkled it in the bedroom you know mom's on call is a miracle book look we've been called a lot of things so i have been called um yes a sleep whisperer the baby whisperer mary poppins i get that Uh one a lot although i do not often carry an umbrella i don't know that goes or sing as over you the kids, sing although well. I, I would if they would let you me. Would. I don't know if that would be weird in a consult. I'm going to sing over your baby now. Maybe if you would mm, let I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I always say, okay, look, mom's on call never works if you don't do mom's on call. And 100% of the time it will not work if you do not do it. Yes. That's right. And it's not. You know, it's not a miracle book. I think you have to put some work in it. You're creating really good habits that will allow them to begin to sleep through the night and to have that freedom and predictability. And um, But it takes work to do, right? It does. It does. And a, a commitment to it. So we just hope that none of the myths would keep you from being able to really commit together to the things that we've seen help families just provide some predictability and get some long nights of sleep. And no matter how you choose to do it, look, rare and powerful is the person who is not defending themselves by speaking ill of others, but cares beyond measure for both the one who agrees with them and the one who does not. So no matter how you do it, the best decision is the one you make. We love to answer your questions. We've been doing it for over 25 years. And today, we're going to address your specific concerns. So ask us anything. 
From drool to diapers to naps to tummy time, we can help. Hi, moms. My name is Mandy, and I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, my son is four months old. He just turned four months old last week, and he has been struggling with short naps for a while now, maybe a month or so. Um, I was just wondering, we follow your guidelines. We try to follow the typical schedule, and um, we try to do, you know, a, the sleep environment that you guys recommend. So I was just wondering, how would you handle short naps? Um, he usually wakes up within 20 or 40 minutes of napping, and then I'm not sure what to do the rest of the time. Sometimes I try to see if he'll fall back asleep, and I'll give him a few minutes to try and see if he'll do that. Sometimes I go in and soothe periodically and leave, and sometimes I'll just try to save the nap by rocking him so that he um, won't get enough sleep during the day. Um, he sleeps 10 to 11 hours every night. Thank you guys so much. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. We love when we have people that are enjoying 10 to 12 hours of sleep in a row at night. So that was all the hard work that you put into it and the principles that you put into play in your household and these naps. So this is a great time. I just want to talk a little bit about sleep cycles. Sleep cycles at night, babies will kind of go into that deep REM for two to three hours and come up into twilight sleep for about Oh, 10 to 15 minutes and then go back into REM for two to three hours up in a twilight for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And that repeats itself throughout the night. But at nap time, we go into REM for about 30 to 45 minutes and then we come into twilight sleep for another five to 10. And that twilight sleep, that's the time when we are closest to alertness. So a nap time is typically 30 to 45 minutes of REM, that good deep sleep. Then they come into that twilight sleep for five to 10. And there is another 30 to 45 minute good REM cycle on the other side of that twilight sleep for about two naps a day. So we pick those naps and kind of push through those naps. And Laura's gonna to talk to you about that because she did the best video I think we put on Instagram. If you're signed up for our emails, sometimes you'll get these little emails with a video or instructions about some of the common questions that'll just show up in that great encouraging way. So I'm gonna let Laura take it from here, but I just want you to know, look, when they wake up in that nap time at 30 to 45 minutes, it you could almost set a clock by it. And that's just up in that twilight sleep. Laura, you take it from so here. So Jennifer, how old was Mandy's little one? I thought she said eight months. Okay, so at eight months of age, you know, yes, man, it is tough because there's, you know, seeing the world around them. And sometimes some of these little ones just don't want to miss anything like, hello, you know, get me up. Let me explore. And, you were and too much fun. Day. That's what the answer. No, that's it. <laughs> that's, so that's, much fun to be around. That is it. <laughs> we can't uh, so, so at eight months of age, really, once they're out of that swaddle, when they're in that swaddle, yes, we're going to go in and soothe every few minutes and try to get as close to that next feed time as we can. But at eight months of age, when they're out of that swaddle for two naps a day, really do your best to stay out of that room until you're within 30 minutes of that next feed time. Once you're about 30 minutes from the next feed time, 
Then go in and do some low-key snuggle time. Just kind of sit, keep it low-key. You can keep the lights, you know, kind of that natural light coming in and talk soft and just, you know, maybe get in the chair and just do some low-key snuggle time, which to me is just the best in the whole wide world. It is so sweet. (laughs) If you have an older child that's running around, making it a little bit louder than we're portraying it when you have one kid, that is also okay. Okay, that is reality for sure. Like, happen. So it can be very sweet. And occasionally it might be a little salty. (laughs) That's right. So do some low-key snuggle time. Low-key snuggle time when you can. And then try to just get as close to that next feed time. Uh, as possible. One example that I like to give is let's say they're going down for that nap somewhere around one o'clock. They're due for a next nursing or bottle at three. So they start kind of waking up around 145 or two. They're kind of fussy. You're kind of letting them work it out. If you do go in at 230, do a little bit of low-key snuggle time, then a lot of times at eight months of age, they like to have a little snack. So you could do like a little, some fruit or a little snack at uh, 2.45 or so right before you go for that uh, bottle or nursing at 3 p.m. just to give you something to do with them. Because food at that point is just really more about exploration and having fun. So that might buy you a little bit of time as well. But focus on two naps a day. Give him some time and opportunity and try to get as close to that next feed time as possible. All right, Jennifer, we have another Instagram question because you never know when you leave a question on Instagram if it if we're going to answer that. So today's question, Jennifer, is how can I tell if it's time for my 13-month-old to drop to one nap? And, and wait, before you answer that, <laughs> but, but, because there is a grieving process. <laughs> we have to go from two naps to one, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Two naps is wonderful, but the one nap is going to be big and I always like to say, you know, if they have one to two weeks where one or both of the naps are wonky and they're just not really taking them for about two weeks straight, it's time. It's time to move on. And then what number of days, Laura, starts with the same letter as nap? What number? Starts with the same letter. Nine. Nine. Nine, nine days. Nine. Ding, ding, ding. It will take, not, listen, it will take nine days. Once you drop that morning nap and you just work through it and you put that afternoon nap into play, it is going to take nine days. And in that nine days, you will want to retreat. You will want to turn around. You're like, no, they need it. After all, I was wrong. Just stick with it. If you will stick with that routine for nine days. It's all going to work out. You're going to have one predictable, fantastic, longer nap. And you can look into our schedules and we walk you through it in the book and the online class. Hey, ladies. My name's Haley. I have one little boy. He's almost two. He he seems to be in like some sort of sleep regression, which is weird because he's almost two. But we're living in a little bit of a confined area while we build our home. And he's just struggling to fall asleep at nap and bedtime. Like what used to be at 8 o'clock bedtime is now about 10. So we stick to routine, dinner, bath, milk, bedtime. And it's always dark, sound machine. You know, no screens, anything like that, but he just can't seem to drift off to sleep now. Um, so, yeah, he used to have to be rocked all the time, but 
he doesn't like that now. If we let him sit there, he just tries to play. So, yeah, just sleeping advice for a toddler. I'm also, I just bought y'all's books. I'm about to read the toddler book. I'm super excited. Love you, ladies, and love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Haley, you know, at two years old, and we have a great blog um, that just came out about that not that language explosion that happens at two, but there's all kinds of things going on. So there's lots of different things that are just out of whack right now. Laura, connect that language explosion to <laughs> the nap not happening or them staying up later at night. And here's what happens when they reach a developmental milestone that's big like that, their mind is making these new connections and it just starts to keep them awake. So yes, there are developmental milestones that will interrupt nighttime sleep. And your job is to keep that schedule intact so that as their brain wakes them up just by virtue of being awake in new places and learning new things, that when that settles down, you have everything else in place that sends those consistent messages to sleep when you sleep. You can find us on Instagram. You can also leave us a message at 888-234-7979, and we'll try to answer your questions in an upcoming episode. We always like to end with something good or uplifting or sweet. We want you to learn something from the Moms on Call podcast, and we also want to make sure that you leave with a big smile on your face. Laura, what are we ending with today? This is such a sweet bittersweet story. So is it a love story? It is a love story. Oh, I love a love story. Okay, oh, go. Okay. So Peter and Lisa have been married for 12 years. And Peter was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and it progressed rapidly. Very, very quickly. So Lisa told NBC News 4 in New York that he doesn't even know that I am his wife. I'm just his favorite person. And I don't need to have a label. I don't need a name because our hearts are so connected. Okay, that is the sweetest ever. It is. The sweetest phrase. It is the, like, I'm just his favorite person. And so last year, Lisa and Peter are watching uh, TV. Okay. And Peter proposes... To a very surprised Lisa. She had because no she's idea. she's already his wife, although <laughs> she doesn't right. need a label. Yes. She doesn't. Yes. And so he proposes to her oh. as they're watching TV. And of course, she said yes again. And so this is the best part. Business is in the area. Lisa's an event planner. And so businesses came around and provided a wedding for her. And Lisa told NBC that she hadn't seen him so happy for such a long period of time in a very long time. And she said, you know what? I'm the luckiest girl in the world because I got to do it twice. And that is how you take when life gives you lemons and you get married again. I mean, it's just no matter what life throws at you, she knew how to do that. And do it well and be so appreciative in that moment. And it just warms all of our hearts. That is inspiring. That is the most inspiring love story. Lisa, we wish you the best in this second time around. What incredible and extraordinary love that you have. We can all learn from that. 
Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey.